0: Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the Man of the Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. Enang. This is Navigate with I.D. brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, dear friends, to the month of February and welcome to Navigate with I.D. Enang such an honor privilege to be here. We are all grateful for the gift of life. This is a new month, it's a new chapter and it will go well with all of us by the grace of God. I know when the month starts this way, people are very hopeful. And so to that extent, I want to thank you most heartily for supporting us and for listening in and most especially for your comments. I've received diverse comments from different quarters concerning how they've been blessed by the program, Navigate with ID. I want to enjoin you to also get a lot of your friends to come in and let's reason and also learn together. One of such comments that came through basically spoke to the last episode and what we had to do concerning strategic partnerships. That strategic partnerships context brought this listener to the point where he just wanted to have a better view of the key financial uh, statements that he requires if he wants to go into partnership what should he be looking at so he specifically asked that if i could treat just in summary something around cash flow that cash flow is the bane of every and any business person and also for any business So what I've elected to do, uh, my friend, if you're listening, I'm not going to start calling names, is that on this program, I'm going to create a highlight of two very important um, financial instruments that you would use to actually track progress as forms of measurement and also to put the business on the right pedestal. Somewhere down the road in future, I'll be bringing in a proper finance expert I am not a finance expert, I'm just a a management um, or a general manager as you would speak. I do have a good sense of finance, but I'm not an accountant, neither am I a finance expert, but I do have some appreciable knowledge of finance. And so in order to pave the way um, and be a listening host, I've decided to walk through this in a simplistic form. And one of the things i've done is to go back to my previous notes based on a book i read by josh kaufman and that book actually puts in a very in summarized form different aspects of business and you may call it that little mba class you have without going to an mba school but i'm going to use that to highlight some of those points that we'll be looking at starting from the cash flow statement now Every single business requires cash. Cash is king, like they say, but in order to understand how well a company is performing, it is useful to look at financial reports that track the business's performance. Now, today, very many SMEs and even would-be employees who are looking to setting up their businesses do not in any way have appreciable knowledge of finance. But what staggers and puts me on the pedestal of, you know, uh, thinking is whenever you ask the question, what is the singular or major challenge you face as an entrepreneur? The first thing that comes out is funding. The second thing thing that comes out is funding. The third thing that comes out is funding. When you dig deeper, you will then realize that all of these people who want funding to start a business have zero knowledge of finance and to a large extent may not even appreciably know what to do when they start running the business. However, I'm not going to use one brush to wipe everyone. I know that Mama Risi who sells some products in the market in Jankara, Mama Risi does not have a cash flow statement. Mama Risi does not have financial reports. But I will tell you one thing Mama Risi has a good sense of how our business is running. So if you are with me, you will understand that this process we are about to look into is very integral to understanding the major nuances that allow successful businesses today. It can be very challenging when you do not have a sense of how your company, your business is doing based on your lack of or understanding of the financial reporting. So where should you begin? I recommend that you start with a cash flow statement. And in that, you can then examine other basic types of financial statements. But if we examine the cash flow statement, that is the best place to begin. This is more or less um, the tip of the iceberg and something to prime the pump. So every one of you can go back, have some in depth study, and look at it a lot more succinctly. Like I always say, the knowledge you're looking for could just be next door to you, could be next. There could just be. Next to you. What do I mean? If you are in a setting where most of your friends are non financial managers, one person might have appreciable knowledge of finance, and that one person can actually be the one to take you through the rudiments of what you need to do. Very many young business owners just run riots simply because they lack financial discipline. A cash flow statement there is very, very straightforward. So what does a cash flow statement do for you? It is an examination of your company or business's bank account over a certain period of time. Think of it like a current account ledger. Deposits of cash flow in and withdrawals of cash flow out. And by the way, even as individuals, you need to understand that a good cash flow statement tells you what is coming in and what is going out, not different from a business. Ideally, more money flows in than flows out and the total never goes below zero. Every cash flow statement covers a specific period of time. Could be a day, could be a week, could be a month, could be a year. This is where Mama Risi does her so very well. So, assuming Mama Risi sells Coca Cola, and this woman at the beginning of the day will have a time period of a report depending on the kind of purpose she wants. Mama Risi does not have the kind of dexterity you and I have. She is just a small. Or micro business entrepreneur. All she does is to sell drinks. Now, coming from the period, say yesterday, she would have had some cash in hand. And she knows that this cash in hand is a result of the transactions that happened prior. And on that day, this automatically is carried forward. Now, because she takes a time period, of a daily account. She knows that stepping into today, that amount is there to assist her in procuring some more cases of drinks. And at the same time, also putting away whatever receipts she would get. And so this is how it runs in the bigger and larger sense. Shorter periods like days and weeks are most useful for making sure the company doesn't run out of cash. Longer periods like months and years are more useful for tracking performance over time. What I'm saying in essence, friends, is that if you are a small business owner, stop thinking about, oh, I need to capture months and years. You need to capture it daily and weekly. Weekly. Now, I am not saying that months and years are not important but I'm letting you know that they are more useful for tracking performance over time. Yes, you can afford to look at it and say, how much did we have at the end of the day for this month? Last year, we had a total cash of X. But I tell you, in the real sense, if you were not tracking that daily, you would have yourself to blame because every single day, What keeps Mamarisi and those traders happy is because they track their businesses daily. It is called discipline, financial discipline. Young people today who are in business need to understand the essence of financial discipline. You cannot put your hand into the kitty all the time. You cannot put your hand into the kitty I remember growing up in those days at Samshinibare, you know, we had um, little kiosks in the neighborhood kiosk, and typically there'll be women there. When you go there to buy sweets or tom-tom or peppermint or treble peppermint, mama always had this paint box because mostly women, they will have this, you know, white uh, box of paint where they put the cash and then coins were in play. When you get there and you ask for a candy that you want to buy if it's three cover and you take five cover there mama will find two cover and give to you and you take the coins and walk away inside that safe that safe that paint box or that same plastic you know after after you must have of course um, gone through the motions of painting As you see that they use those little paint uh, containers as their own cash boxes that is mama's bank account on a daily basis mama can tell you how much she makes from that little store that she has in front of her house then you imagine you running a business and you have no idea what is coming in your finger is not on the pulse you see why it's important for us to get a lot more into the nitty-gritty of understanding the little and firm things that make all the difference with business. So, a cash flow statement is very key. Now, I'll take a quote from Mark Twain. Mark Twain says that the lack of money is the root of all evil. That's what Mark Twain says. What the good book says, the love of money is the root of all evil. So, I'm balancing that. This is a Mark Twain, a philosopher's point of view that the lack of money is the root of all evil. Trust me, if you don't have cash, you will just find that you'll be so much in a flux that your business may not see the light of day. Cash tends to move in three primary areas. Number one, operations. And operations here, we're talking about selling offers and buying inputs. The second primary area is investing, that is, you may collect dividends based on an investment you've done and you then pay for capital expenses what does this mean that based on the investment you made maybe you invested in treasury bills for your business or you went into some joint partnerships and it yielded something the dividends from that were good enough for you to buy a car for the business a pool car for the team could also enable you take on a capital expense, a major capital expense uh, for the enhancement of the business. So those are two primary areas. And the third primary area is financing. Cash flow statements usually track these sources and they track them separately to make it easy to see where the cash flows come from. Now, the nice thing about cash is that it doesn't lie. Cash does not lie. Barring outright fraud, cash is either in the bank account or it's not. If the company spends a lot of money, but less is coming in, the business's cash position will decrease over time. This is a very important space to be because many times you find fraudulent activities happen and people try to do all manner of financial. Misappropriation, it really starts here. Because someone in the books, in the records, you may find a certain amount, but by the time the bank statement comes, you realize that what you have there may not necessarily represent what's in the bank. And like I said, cash does not lie, it is either in the bank account or it is not. If it's not, it is somewhere, and it can be traced. The traceability now depends on the process that you have within your business. Remember, you are just a small business owner. Many times, the major culprit is actually a guy himself, the owner, because he dips his hand into the kitty. Why? Because the finance person or his accountant is someone he hired or is his bosom friend. Oh boy, um, just bring like 100k there would, I'll would replace it let me rush down to this meeting Um, 100k just give me 100,000 there now the man signs for the 100,000 like an IOU a piece of paper and he goes that 100,000 is already short whereas in the books of the business 1,000 Naira came in but in real sense 900 Naira is physically, probably in the bank, or probably in the safe or within the company's coffers. And this is where we have huge challenges. Again, goes back to the point I made about financial discipline. Down the road, like I said, I'm going to have a finance expert come in to share with us practical tips on how we should do this. This is just in response to the comments that came through from listeners, especially when we talked about strategic partnerships. And this also came through the more because people don't trust their partners. And I'm saying, you may not trust your partner, then if you don't trust your partner, why did you get into business? You shouldn't have such a person as a partner. Okay, let's assume you didn't know so much about the person you didn't have to go you didn't go through due diligence and you've ended up as partners now how do you tighten the financial spook or the financial scope of your business this is one aspect that can help you this is one aspect that can make you understand seeing and managing your cash flow on a daily basis the reports daily weekly don't wait for monthly by the time you wait for monthly statements, you'll be done, gone. The business would have gone. But on a daily basis, you can So I said, and I'm going to go back again, the nice thing about cash is that it doesn't lie. Bearing outright fraud. Cash is either in the bank account or it's not. Now, if you or your company spends a lot of money, but less is coming in, The business's cash position will decrease over time. I have experienced this, especially when you have a lot of creditors, when you find people are owing you so much money and the money is out there. So you have to do what, run the business as it were, but bring in some, whether it's personal funds, to support the business because you cannot, you don't have any, the cash, cash flow is not, running right you may actually find that as you continue in that track of expenditure without letting anything come in the business's cash position will decrease over time there is little room for creative interpretations there is nothing about creative interpretation it just means that you are heading for the road called south and brook many investors use a metric called free cash flow when they evaluate companies so if you are going to step into partnership with some other person and this is like for like business or complementary business remember we talked about strategic partnerships how you can have some other person join up have joint ventures etc etc now when evaluating companies you can actually use what we call the free cash flow. This particular metric comes from the cash flow statement. It is the amount of cash a business collects from operations minus cash spent for capital equipment and assets. So I'm saying the amount of cash a business collects from operations. Operations here is where you're having all the transactions, the selling of ours and the buying inputs and that's really operations. It's really minus the cash spent for capital equipment and assets it is very specific assets and capital equipment which are necessary to keep the company operating and what are assets for example your cars your computers the tables the chairs all of those little things are assets of the company okay if you don't have a place to sit down I wonder where your customers will come in if you don't have a car for mobility i wonder how your staff will go around so this speaks to capital equipment and assets the higher a company's free cash flow the better it means the business doesn't have to keep investing huge amounts of capital in order to continue bringing in money remember i said to you that This free cash flow is a metric that is utilized by investors to evaluate businesses. So, and what is this free cash flow? Free cash flow is the amount of cash a business collects or generates from operations. So you are running a business and you're generating a certain amount of money from your operations minus the amount of cash that you spend for capital equipment and assets. That is what keeps the company operating or keeps the company afloat. You need to sweat the assets. That's what keeps the company in operations. The more cash flow you have, the better. Why or what does it mean? It means that your business doesn't have to keep investing huge amounts of capital in order to continue bringing in money. It means you're in a good space. It means that, A, could be your team, could be that is your people, your staff are doing excellently well. They are able to contain and to bring in a lot more cash. There's a lot of cash coming to the business. And it also means that most of the time, your operations are very efficient and the turnaround is making a lot more returns for you so turnaround time, if you are into logistics, is great. So the trucks are going out, doing what they have to do. You've been able to invest in tachometers. Uh, you've invested in things that would actually track us, that would track the trucks. So if you're in logistics and you have very good drivers who are very incentivized and these drivers know that they pick up, turn around, and at the end of the day, you're having that surplus then you do not need to invest huge amounts of capital in order to continue bringing in money that business is running efficiently conversely if you do not track or have very trustworthy staff yes you have trackers yes you have uh, tachometers in the trucks and yes they go out to service clients when they look at what they've done the average turnaround time Rather than being, I'm making this up one day, each of them make it in two days. You are going to pay overtime to the driver. You are going to pay rents. You are going to pay for that downtime of an extra day. Those are costs that are beginning to enter the business and also will impact on your ultimate inflow. What does it tell you? It's just a matter of time that your business will go under. And so you find a lot of people in logistics always work assiduously to work within the JIT just in time principle, just in time. But many times, the people problem, the people factor, I beg your pardon, is always the biggest bane. Same thing with manufacturing. The same thing you have with logistics is the same you have in manufacturing. So if you are producing, As little an item as what? Plantain chips. And you are not able to understand how, yeah, you are manufacturing, you are producing them. But when it comes to selling and money is coming back, it's not in that way. So you then realize that you may keep investing in machines. And why? Because you want to have good production capacity, but you're not selling as much. What do you think will happen? in every business cash represents options the option to create new offers invest in marketing and sales hiring employees purchasing equipment acquiring other companies etc i will close with this segment now and say as a general rule friends the more cash your business has at its disposal the more options it has and the more resilient the business becomes I'll stop here at this juncture, friends. We'll be back on the second half. Don't go away. We'll just take a quick break and we'll be back shortly. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, friends. It's Navigate with IDN. And if you're just joining us, I bid you welcome. We've been looking at a very interesting topic, and that really sits around the corridors of finance. And the bedrock of that is. Coming from the heels of um, talking about strategic partnerships, I got a few messages. I spoke to the fact that, um, what do I do? What type of financial reports can help me run my business? And I have a partner. This partner, well, it appears is not so trustworthy when it comes to finances. How do we manage our business? And how do we get into it? For the exigency of time, I decided to step into looking at two major um, reporting formats or financial reporting formats, i.e. the cash flow statement which we dealt with in the first half and trying to make it as simplistic as possible. Now, down the road, when we get into very serious conversations about uh, finance and business, I'll have some of my finance um, friends who are experts to come in uh i cannot tell you that i'm a finance expert i'm just someone who appreciates finance and has utilized it in my career and the course of my running my business because of the knowledge i have so it's on the strength and the character of that and the notes that i've written in the past uh, based on um, little pockets of reading knowledge experience and also from uh, josh kaufman um you know being able to pull out some of this i'm able to share with you this second half i'll be looking at the income statement income statement this is very important as important as you can imagine cash was or is friends cash is important but it's not the whole picture cash is not profit and profit is what we are after it's possible to have a nice comfortable cash position for a while but lose money with every sale. I've seen this happen times without number. You know, very many businesses just sit with the cash. You know, I did say, um, when we started, I talked about Mama Risi. I said Mama Risi sells drinks and in that little bank of ours, the paint box or the paint container that's where Mamarisi puts all her money. At the end of the day, she will sit down at the end and go through to understand how much cash she has there. She knows what items were sold, and she knows what, which items are ready for restocking before Mamarisi goes to the market. That is a typical trader movement. She doesn't have financial reports. Fast forward to proper businesses. Cash can be king. Cash is king. But cash is not profit you may have a stack of cash now but i tell you if one thing hits you all of that money may go off now imagine a retailer that buys products from a manufacturer on credit he receives the inventory but doesn't have to pay the manufacturer for 19 days so what is saying here a retailer we all do it you get goods on credit For 90 days you have maybe a 90 day or 60 day cover for three months the sales rolling and the retailer's cash position grows and grows and grows to the untrained eye things look great after 90 days my friend the manufacturer's invoice will come it becomes due that's when you talk about invoices that are due when you take a total or when you total the cost of the products and the retailer's operating expenses, you discover the truth. The company lost money. Even though the cash balance looked great for three months, if the retailer doesn't do something, it will eventually run out of money and close. Businesses can't exist without profits for long. Profits are critical. You know, it's very interesting that in our country, yeah, you will have people owe as much as I'm, I'm talking about, you know, um, those that are that, that, that I mean, you have people owe for about a year. If you are a service provider, your client may owe you close to six months. How does that happen? For such cases, the cash is not going to come in. So you need to do something. You'll be running the same business for this client. You may not realize it, but you are actually funding the business of the client. Let me give you another example. There are a lot of organizations, let's call them brands or companies. Some of these companies take on marketing agencies or marketing agents to help them go around and sell their products. Now, these guys go ahead to sell the products. It takes 30, 60, 90 days and they are yet to get any payments from the client. What do you think is happening? The agency is financing the client's business in some way because the client has not advanced any cash. So I'm using the service end to explain what happens on the manufacturing end. From a manufacturer's point of view, when you get a credit line, you are so excited, 90 days credit. 90 days credit is not free. 90 days credit means on the dot, on the 90th day, my invoice is getting to your table and should be paid and must be paid. Now, when you get into that state and you then realize that you need to take account of the things that happened, you need to take out your operating expenses. You need to take out the cost of the products, your operating expenses. You then discover the truth that, hey, We have just been seeing cash in the bank account, but in real sense, we have lost money. Why? Because A, you are not tracking, and B, businesses can't exist without profits. Now, what could be that retailer's error? The retailer's error was relying on cash accounting without understanding the limitations. Cash accounting is good, but has limitations. For many types of businesses, Cash accounting is ideal. With Mamarisi, it is ideal. But for you, that is running a a business of a turnover of say, 30, 25, 30 million is not ideal. You cannot sit with cash accounting because 30 million is a lot of money. It is simple and easy to understand that is cash accounting, as long as you bring in more cash than you spend, and you don't run out of money life is good what i'm saying in essence is as long as cash keeps coming in more than you spend so you need to manage your costs and you don't run out of money life is good i have in my own way i've run my business using cash accounting for for years okay what do i mean it can be very tough why do i go that way initially when i started corporate shepherds and we were offering training And we bill a client, you will ask the client to pay 70% upfront and they pay the 70%. You are able to put that 70% to good use. And of course, when the 30% after the training session, you get your balance, that balance comes in and it sits in a different space. So you can look at that as another form of getting paid immediately because there's some advance, there's some cash advance that has come, but then if you're running a service and you don't necessarily have any inkling as to what your exposure is. You know, I always tell my manager every time, I said, I always say to her, What is my exposure? What, what is our exposure as a business? And she understands. Initially, she didn't quite get it, but later on she was able to understand. For example, we operate and run on several radio stations navigate with id runs we have media bills to pay so what is my exposure that is an exposure you have vendors and suppliers the guys that supply power i mean the guys that supply diesel those are vendors you need to understand on a daily basis or monthly basis even salaries that's why a lot of firms don't even pay salaries because they don't have their eyes on the ball the owners of the business don't have their eyes on the board. And of course, in our climate today, a lot of businesses are really not running as thorough businesses. They are front. People are just putting them up whilst they go into all forms of money laundering. And you think that person is making his money from that business. Fa, 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 foul. Not in all cases. There's a lot of money laundering, money laundering going on. And so they don't care about the business. And you go in there, you'll see it. That the owner does not care about this business my own business isn't complicated so my accounting and financial tracking isn't complicated i don't run a complicated system now for other business other businesses i beg your pardon relying on a cash flow statement huh? that isn't enough you remember i talked about the cash flow statement if you're just joining us i did say that the cash flow statement. Is straightforward. It is an examination of a company's bank account over a certain period of time. Just think about it as a company's current account ledger, deposits of cash flow in and withdrawals of cash flow out. Ideally, money flows in than flows out, and the total never goes below zero. So for other businesses relying on a cash flow statement, it isn't enough. If the business manages an inventory, Or extends credit to customers. A simple cash flow analysis can be misleading. In order to determine whether or not your sales are profitable, you need to be able to track which sales and expenses are related. By matching each sale with the expense incurred in the process of making that sale, it is then possible to see if you are making a profit immediately without unpleasant surprises it's the same way for people that are in business or in manufacturing if you are producing so many products hmm, i always say to people this is a very simple way i say do you know about abc a few times they tell me no i said abc means activity-based costing what it tells you is that you take each activity on every production line then you know if that product can actually, is making money or can survive or is leaning on the other. But what do we do? We bring all of them together. We call it a co-order in production. Is a co-order in selling. You can never determine which of your products are doing well or not. That's what this is saying. By matching your sale with the expense, it helps you know whether there will be continuity, or there will be surprises down the road. First and foremost, the company that is your business must change the way it accounts for expenses. Instead of recording revenue when cash flows in and an expense when cash flows out, the company begins tracking revenue and expenses on what's called an accrual basis. Accrual, A-C-C-R-U-A-L. In accrual accounting, remember we had cash accounting. Here we have accrual accounting. Revenue is recognized immediately when a sale is made. That is, a product is purchased or a service is rendered and the expenses associated with that sale are incurred in the same time period. That's accrual accounting. Now, accountants call this the matching principle. And one of the primary jobs an accountant is to match revenue and expenses as accurately as possible. This is harder than it sounds. An incredible amount of judgment is required, because you know when when you work in companies, you find the accountants are always on the neck of marketing people. They say this these people they just know how to spend. marketing people they only just to be spending, spending. So where is the thin line between what you sold and what you are are spending money on? This is what it is. It is a lot harder than it sounds. It requires an incredible amount of judgment. And ambiguous areas are common. If you have ever wondered what accountants do all day, this is a big part of their job. Matching inflows and expenses. It is that matching principle that keeps accountants awake. I'm not an accountant and I hope they won't come after me, but I'm telling you from my experience and from what I know, I'm just sharing this in a very informal way. And I hope it makes sense to those of you who are running small businesses. Now, the end result of this effort is an income statement. So when you go through this matching principle, the end result is an income statement, which is sometimes called a profit and loss statement PL. so when you hear PL, it's also an income statement or operating statement or earning statement but PL suffices PL statement regardless of what you call it or regardless the label you give to it the income statement contains an estimate of the business's profit over a certain period of time once revenue is matched With their related expenses now the general format for an income statement looks like this it is revenue minus cogs cogs there means cost of goods sold minus expenses minus taxes equals net profit it is that simple revenue what comes in top line minus the cost of goods sold what it took you to put all of that together, distribution, production, et cetera, et cetera, minus expenses. You have to run some marketing campaign. You have to pay staff salaries. All of those sit within the OPEX, operating expenses, minus taxes. You need to pay tax. And then you will then have net profit. Friends, Income statements are very useful. PL statements are very useful. There's a reason businesses go to the trouble of creating them. By matching expense with revenue, it is easier to look at the company's profitability and make decisions that will improve the company's bank account in the weeks and months to come. So you may be listening to me and wondering, how exactly does this work? Let me use my... Uh, one of one arm of my business as an example. say I have a training intervention with a client. Now, because of that training intervention, the client maybe we build the client a certain amount of money. and because most of our tools are from uh, our partners abroad, we need to get them in foreign exchange, okay. Uh, so for example, the insights discovery profile or liberating leadership, um, assessment, self assessments are all done out of the UK. So for each individual, there's a cost on royalty and the cost on the assessment that in itself becomes the matching expense. So if I have 20 people from organization, a there's a matching expense, which is all of the expenses that come through per head. Then we will then talk about the venue, accommodation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All of that lines up as the expense. So when you match it to that particular activity with the client, that in itself then tells you um, if you match it with the revenue from the client, it is easier to see that on this particular activity we had with client A, this is the company's profitability. And then you can make decisions that will improve the company's bank account. So that is as simplistic as I can put it for you. And so for every activity we run, we match it. That's what I do in corporate shepherds. We we have with a, a training partner, or we have an executive coaching uh, session with a particular uh, client. All the associated costs are done, and it is matched. And then then we can actually see what the key line profit is. You can do same for your business. All it takes is for you to have the right people with the right mindset and the right mentality. But it actually starts from you. You must have some form of financial acumen to make this happen. If you are just running business because you've seen others run it, very soon, I guarantee you, the banks will be chasing you. And if you had gone ahead to collect loans from one of these sharks, you know what sharks do. They don't spare; they just come after you. By the way, using this opportunity to warn young people: stay away from these online sharks. I don't know why people go collect loan from someone you can't see. You can tell me I'm old school. I'm old school. when I want borrow money, I look person for her. I say Victor. A oh boy me like hundred naira. You don't know about anybody. You fill in your details, and that person walks away, and Gives you a very spurious interest rate that is so crazy that if you were to walk into a bank, you'd be better off. And then most of you collect it. And what do you do? You consume. You collect these loans to consume them. That is the attitude you bring into your business. Many of you that are in tight spots now go collect loans. But what do you use the loans for? You don't lose, use the loans to improve the quality of assets or your capital, you push it into consumption. And once you push it into consumption, you cannot turn that around to get it to produce. So if you are using that loan to buy impute, to help you produce more, so that when the products come out and they sell, you are able to make some returns or marginal uh, payback on the loan. No, what do you use it for? You go straight off and buy a new car because you want to show off and tell your friends that your business is doing so well. Or they find you at every single lounge, drinking and dancing. Ah, but boy, his business is going so well. Can't you see he's wearing the latest clothes? He's doing that. Everything you are wearing are all boropos because you've not paid for it. You've collected 30 days or pay as you go from somebody, a friend that comes in with the wares. And they all know your close friends, your close associates, your close vendors, they know you don't have financial discipline. And so they present these things to you and you will jump at it. What do you do? You don't have the cash. You take money from your business. And when the money from the business has been exhausted, you resort to sharks. You go collect loans. When you collect the loans, you're feeding your fantasies and tell me how your business will ever grow. That is a no, no. Stop it. Many of you as SMEs should begin to embrace financial discipline. That is what will keep you afloat. That is what the word sustainability means. When you have business acumen and folded responsibility called financial acumen. That said, it is important that I recognize that income statements, you know, I also said they are PL statements, profit and loss statements, by nature include many estimates and assumptions. They have to, For example, large expenses like equipment purchases may involve a huge outlay, but the income statement attributes a small piece of that expense to each sales period. That is, it kind of amortizes it to a sales period. And that's what is called amortization. I haven't jumped into it before saying it. Amortization helps match the expense to the associated revenue. Now, when you look at a huge negative cash flow statement for that period, It could be very misleading. But the truth is, what this person has done is to buy a big piece of equipment. You cannot load the cost of that equipment on just the item. You need to attribute a small piece of the expense to the different sales periods. It could be monthly, it could be quarterly, it could be yearly. So you know that you're spreading it and not putting it in just one month. If you put everything in one month, Your account will be more than red. It will be redder if there's a word like that. The matching principle, friends, for all of its benefits, introduces many sources of potential buyers to the income statement. This is where we have a financial, you know, some creative accounting. That matching principle, sometimes there are assumptions built in it. So, for example, the assumption was that we will get 2000 in 10 days. And you realize that it's not coming in 10 days, you reduce the assumption to say 500. Exploring every source of potential bias in the income statement is way, way beyond what you can imagine. So how am I closing this, friends? I'm saying to you, if you suspect your business needs accrual accounting to generate an accurate income statement, Don't do it yourself. Talk to a CPA that is a chartered accountant as soon as possible. You can look at look within your network of a bonds, look within your network of former colleagues. You will get someone that can help you put this together. The more accurate and reliable your income statement is, the better you'll be able to manage your business money well spent. Friends, I want to close this by making a little offer or giving a little tip there are a lot of young people that studied finance that are looking for jobs they are waiting for jobs from multinationals big firms please if you're listening to me go look for little businesses small medium businesses who have issues with putting together income statements if you get five of them you've just helped nigeria build an economy that is productive i have so much to say on this but friends, it's been a very awesome time. If you have any questions, please send an email to contact at navigatewithid.com or follow me on my social media handles. It's simply at IDY E-N-A-N-G. I can't stop loving you guys. Thank you for coming in and for listening. On Thursday, to be another time as we continue looking at this business school on radio. Take care. God bless you. And that was Navigate with ID. Brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.